All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Black Mental Health Matters Show podcast. And my name is Elsa Ackwork, and I'll be host today uh, on a very special topic on addictions and mental health. And this is such a, a great and needed topic, especially how um, it intersects with Black communities and their well-being as well. And just want to quickly say that today is also International Men's Day, which is a day to recognize the cultural, political, and socioeconomic achievements of men. And this is uh, so nice, especially with our Black men as well. So with that said, I am very excited to host our special guest today, Kesha Brown. And Kesha, you are a licensed clinical psychologist in the mental health field. So if you can please, uh, first of all, welcome. Um, and uh, if you can please introduce yourself, tell us who you are, you, where you're located, what you do, and why you do what you do. Okay, well, I'm Kisha Brown, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and a licensed substance abuse treatment practitioner. I'm located in the United States, in Virginia. Um, I currently work at a, a psych hospital. Um, I work with psych patients, and um, I love what I do. I've been licensed as an LPC for 10 years now, and I've been working in the mental health field for a little over 20 years. So I am so happy to be here with you all, and I hope I can help more in the future in any way that I can. Well, you absolutely can. And thank you so much for joining us today and taking the time as well. And uh, what an amazing accordulate that you have, like 20 years of mental health experiences. So much needed, especially for our community. So uh, we're very glad to have you here uh, today. And um, today we're talking about addiction and mental health. I think it's one of my favorite topics just because talking about addictions, which is a different thing in and of its own. And we also have the mental health component. So, uh, and it's very crucial because there are so many layers to it that hopefully we'll try to uncover today. Uh, like for example, um, I just read somewhere that um, people with mental illnesses are twice likely to have substance use disorder uh, compared to uh, the general population. And at least 20% of people mental health illness have a co-occurring substance use disorder. So we can really tackle this topic many different ways from the mental illness aspect or from uh, addictive um, ad things that are susceptible to addiction that can cause mental health uh, abnormalities or mental imbalances. So, uh, you know, there's just so many things that are related to mental health. This is, like I said, uh, there's also mental health problems that occur from addiction and addictive patterns and behavior as well. So uh, we will hopefully be able to uh, get dive into some of these topics, uh, some of these uh, intersectionalities, and also uh, getting to know, uh, you know, what causes addiction, you know, how it affects our mental health and um, are they related to mental health illnesses? So with that said, let's begin by actually diving into the concept and understanding what it is that we're trying to say. So my first question to you, Keisha, is uh, what is addiction? Well, addiction, um, it's the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, were you about to say something? No, I was going to say, like how you said, um, pattern, substance, or activity, because we also have addictive behaviors. I think addiction is always associated with substance. I think that's the first thing we equated to. So that's a good way of putting it. So do you think, um, what are the most, some of the most common things that lead to addiction? 
Oh, wow. There's quite a few things, but um, on the top of my head, I would say that peer pressure, Mm -hmm. um, physical, mental abuse, sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. um, early exposure to drugs. Mm -hmm. If you're raised in an environment where um, smoking marijuana or drinking Mm -hmm. alcohol is the norm, that can be a common thing that can lead to addiction and also mental illness. Right, right. And there's just so many layers to that, like you said. So do you think there's such a good versus bad addiction? I say this because coffee is addiction. So, uh, you know, is there such thing as a good and a bad uh, addiction or addictive behaviors, I guess? Um, I think that all addictions are bad. <laughs> <laughs> And my reason is if you if you don't use um, things in moderation, you know, mm-hmm. come bad for you. Okay, so we know that substance abuse and alcohol abuse can lead to many um, health issues and cause a, a life of um, turmoil. But we would think that eating healthy and exercising a lot will be a good thing. Okay. <laughs> so if you're eating um, a lot of vegetables and you're not adding any protein, your body can be losing protein. So that can be <laughs> harmful. If you're constantly um, exercising and to the point that you injure yourself, that can be harmful. So, yeah, I think as long as we're using um, things that's supposed to benefit us in moderation, that's fine. But when anything becomes an addiction, I think it's harmful. Okay, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, So in that case, then talking about harm and how that can harm our mental health, uh, what is the connection between mental health and addiction? Okay, um, well... Mental illness can contribute to drug use and addiction. Um, People with mental illnesses may um, Mm self-medicate to to take care of themselves, to feel better. You know, when someone is feeling depressed, they might self-medicate with um, marijuana. Or if um, someone with ADHD need something to help them stay calm, they might self-medicate with alcohol. So yeah, I think that's the the connection. Okay, so in that sense then addiction can be classified as a mental illness? Um yes, I think so. <laughs> yes. Um I consider um both a complex brain disorder and a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yes. In that case, then, um, so in your experience as a, um, in your field, um, you know, what mental illness is most associated with addiction or what mental illnesses are mostly associated with addiction? Um, I noticed um, a lot of um, patients that's dealing with psychosis, mm-hmm. they will try to self-medicate. I noticed that um, they... Um, will like to self-medicate with cocaine or crack cocaine. And a lot of them smoke cigarettes as well. Um, ADHD, I've seen some ADHD patients, um, um, some borderline personality. A lot of the personality disorders 
will do the same thing as well as antisocial personality disorder. Mm -hmm. And are there like repeated patterns with, um, you know, how can addictive addiction or patterns of addictive behavior affect um, our mental health? Yeah, if um, you or someone you care about is chronically using drugs or alcohol, it can lead to changes in their brain, which can lead to mental health issues. Um, they can compare paranoid, depressed, have anxiety, aggression, hallucinations, and other problems. Oh, okay. Um, so in your experience then, what are the chances, I guess, this is, uh, I guess, out of the scope of what I wanted to ask, but are there like high returners of those with those um, behaviors coming into seeking like mental health services from you than uh, those that are first time, uh, you know, abusers of substance abuse or other um, addictive behaviors? Um, I see a lot of uh, returners that are, you know, have um, psychosis diagnosis, um, bipolar diagnosis, um, a lot of dual diagnosis. Yeah, they're they're constantly returning, returning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So would there be like a uh, so if they come in for one mental health problem with overuse of a certain substance, could they develop another mental illness in in your experience? Or yeah, they can. Um, yeah, if they're dealing with ADHD and they're not following through with treatment, they're not going to their follow-up appointments or taking their medication, yeah, they can end up having um, depression and anxiety. <laughs> yeah, so there's other mental health issues that can come along because of not focusing on treatment, not completing treatment, yeah, not doing what they need to do to help themselves. So how is that, um, so those that self-medicate, I guess, uh, is there like a harm in that? And what what is the harm that causes that to further develop other behaviors besides addiction? Because a lot of the people that I noticed do are trying to self-medicate because they think it's, it's a treatable problem and not a reoccurring one, so. Um. Well, um, yeah. Other than the addiction, they can it can cause them to have some physical physical conditions as well. They can have heart they smoking cocaine can cause them to have heart issues and <laughs> um it can cause their blood pressure to be high. It can cause a lot of health issues, physical health issues. Yeah. Right. Because I think when we talk about mental health, sometimes we separate it to say, you know, psychosis is a mental health problem. But the, you know, I don't want to say just misdiagnosis, but also uh, trying to self-medicate. Uh, certainly also have harm in the physical aspect. And I see even in previous like mental health services that I worked at where they come in for one thing, but they could have five, six different things in return, and then it could have like a dire physical effect. So, um, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see it from, you know, uh, a therapist's perspective. So uh, I guess my next question to you, Keisha, is in the past, um, attention epidemic, because I want to bring this back to, you know, Black mental health and how it affects Black men, now that we've defined some of these concepts and, um, 
some parallelisms between mental health, mental illnesses, and um, and addiction or addictive behaviors. Um, so in the past, attention epidemic has focused primarily, uh, obviously, on uh, white suburban and rural communities, and it, which has been less so on Black communities. Uh, could also be experiencing similar problems, if not more. Uh, for various reasons. So do you think that there is a lack of commitment in addiction and mental health resources for Black communities today? Yeah, um, while all communities face mental health and addiction challenges, I feel that Black communities often deal with a lack of resources, um, including high cost, or no insurance coverage, um, limited options, and um, long waits to get into services, um, lack of awareness and education. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big social stigma for Black people when, it, when they're trying to help themselves when they're mm-hmm. having issues with substance abuse and um, mental health. Right. Um, and I agree with that as well. I think because when we talked about mental health resources and the way you uh, put it as well, it, it, these resources were not available to Black communities in the first place, in addition to having uh, all the other factors that prevents them from accessing these mental health services, such as lack of awareness. Uh, could also be socioeconomic status. You know, it's uh, mental health services are costly and resources don't come cheap as well. I mean, now I think there's more affordable options and in the day and age of technology, I think there's things like mental health apps that I hope is are people using them for. But even with, and I said today, it's because, you know, we cracked back even five years ago, uh, technology didn't, yeah, we still work, had internet, but didn't have a lot more services than we do now. So has there been any change? Or has there been any, any progress, even from from your experience? Um, yeah, I think there's been some progress. Um, there's a lot of educational programs, um, a lot of treatment centers popping up, especially for the open epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so now insurances are being a lot lax and allowing, you know, people to um, get coverage. If at one time only women, pregnant women and women with children could get Medicaid and now mm-hmm. men are able to um, utilize that resource. So I, yeah, I do think things are moving um, in a better direction and um, yeah, but a lot of people are still um are still under the radar. They're being missed. <laughs> They're not connecting to um, the resources, and it, it needs to be a more of an outreach to bring awareness, so more people can know about these services and and utilize them. No, I absolutely agree. I think when it comes to outreach, that's one thing that uh, community support and family support is directly needed uh, because I think we talked about it a bit before uh, we started uh, the show is that there's this stigma associated with wanting to access or admitting even mental health uh, problem in Black communities. And um, I guess just a quick question, just in addition to that, for my experience is that do you see a lot more... um, you know, minority groups, I just want to like just 
broaden a little bit, uh, coming into you for therapeutic services? And if so, has that been, um, has that been, have you seen an increase in more a diverse group coming to you for mental health services as opposed to, um, you know, the white community per se? Yes, I have. I've seen, um, yeah, more um, people of color and a, a, a large percent of men are now coming in for services, for mental health services and counseling. And at one time, I barely saw men. And it was like um, to ask for help, to ask for mental health or addiction treatment is admitting to having a weakness. Mm -hmm. So a lot of men, you know, stayed clear of that. But now I see a lot coming forward and asking for assistance. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I mean, that's actually, a, I don't know, it's it's nice to see that um, progress. I, and I call it progress because I think there's a lot of stigma associated with men. I think it's a lot more than it is for women because women were, I think, socially taught to express ourselves. So we we're more likely to to open up to uh, our problems and uh, or with regards to our problems. So, um, and I look, I actually just did this show last week on uh, on technology. And I think I remember one of my guests saying that he's actually seeing a lot more frequent men using mental health apps to access like mental health services, which I think is really kind of interesting. Because, you know, of course, mental health apps, you are creating that, you know, there's a disconnect of like not wanting to reach out to a therapist like you face to face, but they're more comfortable um, at least accessing a mental health service, which I think is so good in my in my space in my head, just because I come from a cultural background where men are not even um, expressive about emotions, let alone mental health challenges. So it's it's nice to see that progress, and hopefully it continues that way and it can go that direction. So, um, which leads to my next question is that how can a family member or a community, uh, especially black communities, um, like what can they do uh, when one of their own or one of their loved one is uh, struggling with addiction? How can they encourage better care and accessing and mental health services? Before I get to that question, I wanted to piggyback a little bit more about what you said about the apps and um, people finding more resources from apps. I also, you know, um, I felt like one of the good things that came out of the pandemic was <laughs> a lot of uh, health services was offered virtually. Right. So, yeah. So that really allowed people, men and women um, of color, to access these resources for mental health and addiction therapy and treatments from the comfort of their living room, you know, uh, that increased the confidentiality. No one knew that they were seeing a therapist that was receiving his treatment. They were able to receive services and get the help they needed so they can start on the road to sobriety. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Having the apps and the virtual spaces where therapies, therapists can provide therapy yeah, it's really an awesome outcome from the pandemic. <laughs> this is coming from a therapist yourself. So that, that's a good thing to, to hear. And I think it's because uh, you're right, though. It reduces that economic struggle as well, you know, having to go access because there's a lot of costs associated with wanting to go to a therapist and especially in culture, black culture in and of itself is, you know, there's still that stigma, even though we talked about 
mental health. Um, there's still that stigma embedded in men, especially that if they are seen, you see mentioned earlier, it's a sign of weakness to seek a mental health um, a mental health service or to see a therapist. So in the comfort of their own home, at least they're able to virtually experience themselves. And uh, you're right, that is one good thing that came out of the pandemic and also a lot of virtual health services that are happening. And I'm also seeing that change in, in some countries in Africa as well. And uh, that they're bec it's becoming a, like a big thing that it's like, oh, I can do this from my home. Like I don't actually have to go express my feelings. I can just express my feeling here. Which I can create um, a really a more comfortable space because when I think of like, when I used to think of mental health services, I think of like that Freudian chair having to sit there and <laughs> cry right. <laughs> 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 but now it's just just sit in your own couch, have your coffee, and you can talk about. You're more willing to talk about what it is that's bothering you, and knowing that there's someone else that's listening out there. So, um, bad COVID, but for yeah. So exactly, yeah, good point out there. So with that, then how can we encourage our communities to? Um, we can encourage um, our loved one or the individual to seek help. Um, I'm sorry, to seek help. Um, this may include finding treatment resources for them, um, finding a therapist who specializes in addiction counseling um, and getting help for your loved ones. But we also need to understand that um, the loved one of the person who has the addiction also needs support. Mm -hmm. I feel like there, you know, if there's someone in search of services because their son is abusing drugs, that mom or dad needs some resources and support as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they can be referred to resources. Um, we can set um better examples you know have a healthier living and pretty much giving up recreational drugs and alcohol and to be sober and have that um just be that um that person that's showing them uh, a clean healthy life to be that that positive role model right um i mean you really highlighted that the main thing there is that the support that we're providing and i see it through like parents even my parents themselves you know they're also people susceptible of you know their own problems so to provide that support for them and i think that's the most crucial part because the support needs to support themselves and they are the unsung heroes as well, right? Because I mean, I, I just asked, what can we do as a person if we see someone struggle, but we also need that help so that we have the right tools and the right support so that we can be able to better help the, the person in need. And uh, so as in your profession, then as a therapist, what's your advice when it comes to someone struggling with uh, their mental health due to addiction? Um, my advice would be um, to get treatment. Yeah, um, just to reach out to um, a therapist or even their PCP. 
because they may need um, medication to help with uh, mental health issues. So they won't have to self-medicate. They may need um, individual and or group counseling, you know, individual <laughs> counseling one-on-one -on -one with a therapist to sit down and talk about struggles, talk about goals, discuss interventions to help them. Um, they, may, they may need a group therapy, which consists of a, a support, a community, you know, of people who have been through or are going through what they're going through. So that person would know that they're not alone in this. This is something that's been going on and happening in their community to others. So they'll have that support, that sense of support. Yeah, that's the type of advice that I will ask, um, offer them is to get help. Um, don't give up. Um, try not to uh, allow any type of stigma, discourage that person, you know, try to be really encouraging and supportive. Yeah, Help. that's a very good takeaway. I think especially um, that they're not alone, I think, because uh, mental health problems, you know, caught, whether caused by addictions or not, that it makes you feel isolated and it makes you feel very alone. So it's nice to at least to encourage better care, to say that, you know, you're not alone yet. Yes, you're going through it alone, but there's also a support system behind you. So um, I know we're crunched on time today. We're very grateful to have you today, Keisha. Hopefully we'll have you for more topics. I really want to dive into this, um, into this topic more further. So hopefully we'll be able to We'll come back and we can talk about it more. Uh, but what is your takeaway message for today's topic, um, you know, from your experience? My takeaway would be to um, be supportive and just be kind to people because we never know what someone's struggle is, what yeah. someone is going through. Just a, a friendly smile, a hello, you know, just and if you see somebody that needs help if you can point them in the right direction that would be awesome you know just we need to start loving everyone you know because we're all human and and you know we just need to be there for each other and be a yeah. support yeah. and a love for each other yes. yeah that's a simple very very profound message and that's all we need at the end of the day you know we're human and a simple smile could can go a long way. So thank you so much. And uh, where can people find you, Keisha? Okay. Well, they can find me. Let me see. <laughs> they, can give, <laughs> they can give me a call. Um, I do private practice counseling, Brighter Dawn Counseling Services. They can Google that and get my information. Uh, thank you so much for you know, answering all our questions today and at least we uncovered some parts of, I think this is such a huge topic. Uh, like I said, two of them could be discussed in their own realm and to be able to create that intersectionality, especially for black communities is so essential. Uh, but yeah, and we're very grateful that you were able to, to join us today in a short time. We're very appreciated. Uh, thank you so much and you have yourself a very wonderful day, Kisha. Thank you and you do the same. Thank you. Bye-bye.